Bobby J. Rockaway. We already know. What Death up? In the building yeah, here for Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max. Radio Days available on all platforms. Live 365 iHeartRadio, Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max. How's it going, guys? Welcome to the show. I appreciate you reaching out, Bobby J, as always, and getting us connected and staying in touch and sending me the records early. Yeah, man. Everything's great, man. I mean, we're just, um, I think we're, we're still on a little bit of a high with the album, you know, um, dropped January 20th, cracked the top 50 in iTunes. Uh, First day. Congratulations on that. I saw that. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. uh, you know, just dropped a, a new video on, on last Thursday for the 7182313 interlude with Hush. Uh, the first video we dropped is, is the from the jump video. And, you know, we're just kind of sitting back and watching the reactions. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it seems like every week there's new people adding it to their playlists and, you know, static's been supporting it heavy and, and retmatic and, you know, just, just a lot of, a lot of people that we look up to and, and, and idolize that have just really thrown their support behind it. So, you know, it's, it's something we've been sitting on for a long time. It's something we've been anxiously waiting to, to put out to the people and, now that it's out, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it feels good. It feels like a weight off your shoulders a little bit, but, um, you know, it's, it's still grind mode. Like we're still pushing it, trying to get every, as much eyes and ears on it as we possibly can, you know? Absolutely. And you're doing that. And I, I appreciate the project as always, you always keep it real, especially the hangover track. Oh I yeah. Can relate sure. to that, especially it's, it's a real life record and what people go yeah. through every day and trying to stay motivated. And just the reference with the blood going on the apron from Leatherface. I appreciated <laughs> that as a horror fan. So that was crazy. <laughs> so Neff, I, I want to turn my attention to you because this is the first yeah. time you've been on my platform. Me and okay. Bobby J have been here for years as far as him coming on my show. So this is my introduction to you. Right, what was right. the bar or the line that you heard from Bobby J that sold you right away and which you guys connected and you knew that he was a really great MC? Oh, like before this? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really, I wouldn't say it was like an aha moment or it was like a certain bar because we connected through Static. Um, I was like working under Static, um, being mentored by him and everything. And then um, and just like working in the studio and they started doing stuff together. And, uh, you know, we met through that. Then we started working. I would get beats on his projects. Um, and then later on, he was on my first producer pro uh, project, Tabula Rasa. And really, it was just like a lot of growth. Like he was, in my eyes, he was dope already. But then I so started seeing so much growth. And at the same time, I'm growing as a producer. Um, and a big thing that attracted me towards his music was like, He's he's an MC that's able to give aggression and and give like an umph in his presence and um, give you kind of like that. I almost want to say like gangster feel, but without talking about the BS, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and, he, you know, he always kept it real, kept it really hip hop, but he didn't do it in a corny way. And I just like I said, I saw that progression. And one day we both kind of thought at the same time and I brought it up and I was like, let's get it. Let's do a project. Absolutely. And, yeah. and you could see it. You guys click just like Gangstar, Hitboy and Nas. Do you plan Appreciate on taking that. this even further, including what we already have here with you guys with Radio yeah. Days? You guys are going even yeah, further yeah. now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it. we keep saying this like it only makes sense. Like anytime that I had a beat on his project it seemed like that was the one that would randomly get it, be getting picked for radio play. Then like on my project, like that song had more streams than any other song. And it was really just a response from everybody, you know what I mean? And we're, you know, we're easy to work with. Um, you know what I mean? I feel like we click 
not just personality wise, but you know, we both trust each other in the studio. Yeah, I could see that, especially just the the vibe, just from listening to the album that you guys work together. Like I said before, the comparison with Nas and Hip Boy, it it's right there in front of our eyes. The collaboration tip. So, Bobby J, walk me through the meaning behind Radio Days as far as the album title. What made you choose that name? Um, so that was a that was a title that honestly I had just in the back of my mind that I knew. I wanted to use for a while for the simple fact that um, it was a movie that was shot in Rockaway Beach. Uh, it's like a classic Woody Allen movie. And it's specifically about like the classic days of radio and like the 1930s and the 1940s. And that's kind of like the the backdrop to the movie. And um, I was just like, yeah, it's so dope. Like he shot that in Rockaway Beach and it's about radio and it, it kind of like would fit something. And And the projects and the albums that I was working on before I did this, that title didn't really fit. Um, but when me and Neff got together and we started making music, that concept really resonated with me. And it, it just started to make sense, you know, when the song started coming together, because, you know, it, it really plays into, you know, our childhood. Like we grew up probably the last real generation that still remembers when radio DJs were still like the curators of like what the next big thing was going to be, what the next big record was going to be. Or, you know, I, you know, I remember tuning into hot 97 at two o'clock and, you know, your favorite artist, their new record would premiere on the radio and then it would be on the internet afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like it would leak after the fact. Now it's kind of backwards, you know, radio kind of gets onto things late, you know, things make their way on social media or on the internet first. And then, radio is the last thing to pick it up so the the inspiration behind this album was like really going back to that time of just being a kid that was excited about not just hip-hop but just new music in general and and every song on this album i think either has an easter egg or or makes a reference to either an artist that i was a super big fan of a song or an album that i was a super big fan of or just like a sound or a vibe that kind of, you know, inspired me as a kid. So like, I, I definitely took myself back to, you know, being 12, 13 years old, which, you know, for me, that's the age when you really start to figure out, you know, what your, what your tastes are and what your sensibilities are, who your favorite artists are going to be. And those artists stick with you throughout the rest of your life. So, you know, my, my, my my sole intention going into this was was kind of to make something that n- would not only impress a young me at that age, but also be something that the next generation of kids could listen to. And maybe they like this brand of hip hop that me and Neff are doing. And they may they may want to go back in time and, you know, figure out, you know, who BDP is or who Nas is or who, you know, there's so many references on the album, you know, any card carrying hip hop fan that's older will know what I'm talking about. But the younger fans, you know, they'll go, they'll go back and they'll, they'll revisit stuff and they'll see, oh, you know, he was referencing, uh, you know, Everlast on this song, or, or he was referencing, you know, um, KRS-One, you know what I'm saying? So all of that stuff was intentional. When we look at it, because I know the last time we talked, we usually talk about the most recent hip hop news. But in my opinion, so far, you and Sky Zoo have the top two projects already coming out of the year here with 2023. Absolutely. Because, you know, I always keep it real as far as what artists bring to me when it's actually 
the authenticity of hip hop. And you yeah. have done that to the fullest day one since I met you. And this brings me to my next question, because I know last time we talked about signing a deal. And if you guys, if you were ever in any record contract talks, what keeps you motivated to just keep going despite being independent and when it relates back to your song, The Hangover, just staying motivated because I feel as though that you're an underdog in this game because I, to me, you should be top five, top 10 right now in the game when we look at it from a mainstream perspective, but the mainstream is always going to be politicized by numbers and with the popularity contest, but from an artistic standpoint, top 10, there's really no doubt about it. So what keeps you motivated in, in, when we relate to the song, The Hangover? Well, um, I know the one thing I've learned is that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, um, you know, the only discernible difference between people that are successful versus people that aren't successful is a lot of times the people that are successful just have a stronger work ethic and they don't give up, you know. And I think um, with every album that I put out and like and realistically, like I've only really started going hard again with music since like 2018, 2019. So it's really only been like a four year stretch when I've like really been putting stuff out. And I look at where I'm at now versus where I was then. It's like, no, you, know, you see, we've it. seen the growth. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, it's not, I don't, I don't cloud my brain with a year from now. I need to be here a year from now. I need, I need to, I need to be here. I just need to know that I'm moving in the right direction. And, you know, sometimes it's just, sometimes there's big wins and sometimes there's small wins, but everything counts. And it, it, it adds, you know, fuel to the fire and, and keeps the momentum going because it's like, oh shit, you know, we dropped the album and Primo's posting about yeah, it. Yeah. That's big. You know I saw that. Like, and I'm like, you know, the fact that that guy even knows that I'm a human being that exists on planet earth is like, <laughs> That shit blows my fucking mind. You know what I'm saying? So it's little things like that, that, you know, sometimes it gets frustrated. I think we all get frustrated and we've all, um, we've all hit roadblocks where we feel like, you know, either I'm running in place or this isn't working or I want to quit. But, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy that I, I get to make music with the people I want to make it with that I could put, I could put out a, a, an album or a song and you know the next week i could hear it on the radio being played by a static selector or a chuck d you know what i'm saying like this type of stuff blows my mind you know what i'm saying like and as a fan that's like the stuff that counts i don't get super concerned with like what the numbers are or what labels watching or what i need to do to to get a quote unquote record deal like i, I that's not and this is this is about the journey and it's about doing what I want to do the way I want to do it. And um, I'm going to keep doing it like that until I can't do it anymore. And I feel like the way I've been doing it and the way Neff's been doing it is just just staying consistent and putting the work has proven to be a model mm. that's working, at least for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Neff, I want to turn to you as far as the production on this project album. It's amazing. I'm always a boom bap guy. 
I, as a young dude, because I'm only 23, I'm always trying to appeal to my younger audience and say that this is the hip hop authentic sound. What do you think is the best way nowadays to bring in that youthful audience? Because everyone always says in my age gap, oh, boom bap is old. It's out of date. That's the old. It's all trap now. So what's the, the best way? Because you're doing it on this project. What's the best way that we can really bring in the youth audience to accept boom bap? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things to this. Um, you know, like for me personally, like I'll start here is that, you know, I can make any type of hip hop, any type of beat. And I, and I even went through a period where I was like, all right, you know, before the, the UK drill came in, I was like, all right, let me, let me do chief Keith, like, you know, Chicago drill. Let me try this today. Let me try that. And I did that. And then I was like, all right, let me naturally just do what I do. Because before that, I was like just doing boom bap. I learned those aspects. And then I just started doing what happened naturally. The big thing, like what we're talking about now is like with with Bobby, um, is like I feel like I'm able to kind of like uh, bridge that gap with him the easiest because, um, you know, we're able to kind of go across different genres you know, with the, with the uh, fadeaway joint um, and even like um, something like, um, and he's willing to do it. You know, he's down to do that kind of stuff. And he knows I am too. Um, the big thing for me and like static, just like drilled in my head was to, you know, I say boom bap, I say underground all the time, but there's the young kids that say, oh, it's 90s style. And to correct them and just say, hey, it's not 90s because 90s already happened. This is traditional hip hop. And just kind of like show them, yo, what records that are dope right now consist of traditional hip hop? What records are still sampling? Hey, let's go look at the charts right now because people are still putting that stuff out. You might have to look for it, but sometimes you really don't. And you just want to say, oh, yeah, trap is dominated. But in the end of the day, it's really not always. It's just dominating in the short term kind of stuff and and you know i work in a couple studios and when i have these young artists sometimes i break it down to them it's like yo if you want if you're a brand new artist or you're not even popping yet at all and you want to chase like a uk drill or you want to chase what's hot right now by the time you might get any audience at all that's already gone right so you just got to be you and you got to define yourself. And like what Bobby said, and what I'll always say is like, be consistent. Yeah. You know, you got to run it. Like I don't, it's I don't a even job. think, you know, it wouldn't even be natural for us to even try to do something like that. Like, yeah, we, we just do what we like and we do what's natural to us. And I think, I think the only, I think to answer your question, to bring the younger generation into it, you just got to make good records that connect, man. Like you just need to find, you know, there's, there's so many people that make traditional or boom bap hip hop, whatever you want to call it, that have thrown the idea of song structure out of the window. It's like mm. radio's never going to play us. They don't respect our form of music. So we're just going to go straight underground with it, which is dope. And I'm not mad at that, but the way I look at it, it's like, for me growing up, New York invented the commercial rap song. You know what I'm saying? Like that comes from us. Even the heavy 808s, you know, you could trace back to Rick Rubin and Larry Smith and guys like that. You know, you listen to early, like early Def Jam, early Run DMC shit. They were doing heavy 808s too back then. Mm -hmm. So 
You could even say that's a part of, you know, the East Coast identity. But you just have to make it translate, man. Like, I think with, with me and Neff, you know, bars are extremely important. But beat selection is important. You're, the subject matter you're talking about is important. Having concepts, being able to write hooks, being able to understand melody. Like, I'm, we're, we're trying to make we're trying to make songs, man. Like we're trying to make music. It's not just, it's not just somebody, I, I want to make something that somebody can listen to and say, oh shit, he's rapping dope on the song, but also have something that has replay value, have something that, that, that somebody wants to go back and revisit, you know, more than once. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you just hear a, a song and you're like, oh shit, the dude rapping on this is super nice, but it doesn't connect on any real, like, emotional level or doesn't stay with you you kind of hear it once and it's in one ear out the other you know we want to make music that has staying power and i think you know you could do that with any 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 sound any rhythm whatever you want to do we just choose to make the type of music that that resonates with us bobby j i know you have all this these amazing stories from when you were younger you have the freestyle with J. Cole that we see the video clip from back in the day. You told me about your friendship with Boz back in the day and you knowing him. Because you're from Rockaway, I've been listening to a lot of chinks lately. Do you have a chink story at all? Do you remember seeing him around anywhere? No, no I never I never met chinks. I never met Stack. Um, I mean, we're pretty much from two completely separate areas. Um, I mean, same, same peninsula, same neighborhood, but very different. Um, never got to meet them, uh, but... You know, I could definitely say as a kid, being in high school, um, the Smack DVD era was like Rain Supreme, Cocaine City, Cocaine City, the come up like that was YouTube for us. You know what I mean? That's where you discovered all the new artists and you could see all the freestyles and all the battles and shit like that. And um, I just remember having like a serious amount of pride seeing Stack Bundles because like Stack Bundles kind of ruled it was really like three or four rappers that would just be on every single smack DVD. Like he was one of like, you know, two or three guys that kind of ruled that era. You know what I mean? So for me, that was super dope to see because prior to that, it was basically MC search. Like before there was any other rappers that had any type of clout, any type of name at all. So like when he died, that was super fucked up. And I remember just thinking like, shit, man, like we, we cannot win as a neighborhood at all. Like this guy was about to be like the next superstar and he gets killed. And then chinks comes out and it's all pretty much on like the same trajectory. He gets killed. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think all that kind of plays into me, even though I'm from Rockaway beach, putting, Rockaway in my professional name is so important to me because it's like we really haven't had a lot of people come out that have really been able to, you know, let people know, like let hip hop fans know that, yo, there's a lot of talent that exists in this little isolated inlet that's Queens, but it's kind of isolated and, you know, it's Queens, but it's not really, you know what I mean? We're, we're our own little separate thing and separate entity. So, um, yeah, man, I was I was a huge fan of those guys. Never got the chance to meet them, and I'm, I'm sad I, I I never did. But um, they were definitely a big inspiration, like just just a huge motivating factor for me. You know what I mean? Like to see somebody that was from out here making it 
let me know that it was possible, you know? It was. And unfortunately that they didn't get to see where their careers would have went, but you can see that they still have large followings to this day and the impact in people like you, you can see that they inspired you. Absolutely. And and I appreciate you for keeping Rockaway in your name and speaking of MC search, I wanted to get through with this because I remember we talked about in the last interview, you were just wrapping up the view, the music video shoot. Yeah. The first single by MC search in a long yeah. time. I think like was it over 20 years now. Uh, he says 27 years. I think yeah. it's his first solo single in, in, in 27 years. Um, yeah, that's, that was, that was crazy, man. I mean, um, you know, uh, search was somebody whose attention I was always trying to get for obvious reasons. Um, you know, not just because of third base and them paving the way for me, but search being from far Rockaway, um, search also being you know, his career as an A&R and, and signing people post third base is arguably, arguably more, you know, prolific than what he even did as a rapper. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think my manager, Greg, was just kind of beating up his inbox, like sending him everything that I was doing. And um, when COVID hit and I put out the project with Static, I think that was kind of like what solidified it to him. You know, the fact that I had a project with static and I ended up doing, um, I ended up doing his podcast and then we stayed in touch after that. And just coincidentally, we both had a mutual friend named Chrome, who's a, a producer I've worked with a ton over the past two years. And he hit me and was like, yo, I got a, I got a, a record with search on it. Um, it needs a hook and it needs a verse. You want to get on it? And I was like, yeah, sure. So um, I put a hook and a verse on it. He sent it back to search. Um, search ended up listening to what I did. And saw like, I was talking about what I'm talking about in my verse, his verse, his original verse was a little bit different. It wasn't really, it wasn't really like uh, talking about like growing up in Rockaway. So he went and redid his verse and then we probably sat on it for maybe four or five months. Like it, 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 it was just kind of in the stash for a while. And then he was very adamant about wanting to do a video and um, flew me down to Orlando, got to shoot some of the video down in Orlando on a soundstage. And then he came back up to Rockaway and um, we shot scenes in Rockaway. We rented out the Rockaway hotel, had um, a bunch of local artists come through like Keen Streets and Fligga and uh, my boy Little D came through, my boy Truth came through, my boy Hush was there, uh, Jonathan Mannion. Uh, we had Thurston Howe was at the video in, in Orlando, K Solo. So we had like a bunch of people just come through, man. And it was like, it was crazy because for me, I'm like, this is just a surreal moment. Like I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a record with MC Search, you know, who's a legend in his own respect. We're shooting the video in my own backyard. His friends are there. My friends are there. I got to have all my far rock shop guys there and, you know, showcase their clothes in the video. So it was, it was, it was a really dope experience, man. So around here, you go check that out. Go check out the visual on YouTube, hip hop history right there. I, I want to bring it to you, Neff, because I know we yeah. talked about it before as far as the production tip, because in my opinion, Bobby J is one of the last real to come out of that real generation of the J. Coles, the Kendrick, the Drakes, where you had to make it through 
the organic way, which was like the, the BET 106 and parks. You had to go to Rap City yeah. before social media really took over. So now Bobby J is mainly getting his blow up through social media. So what's the way you think that Bobby J can really stand out from the crowd and people to recognize him to be like, oh, he's from that J. Cole Drake era, mm -hmm. even though that you really don't have those organic platforms, such as a 106 and park anymore. I mean, I think the the thing is like he's really doing it. Um, he stands out because he's not um he's not conforming to like even what he was talking about. You know, there's a and I'm not knocking it, but there is like a new um era of of underground hip hop that's like yo, let's take it super underground. Let's take it, you know, really gangster. Let's just go, you know, no hooks, none of that. Um, and what he's doing is he's just going to keep it himself. He's going to give you hard, aggressive bars. But, you know, he might be on a soulful beat. But, you know, we're going to have a soul sample, but we're going to have like hard drums with the bass. And then he's going to come through with confidence. And, you know, and he's not going to, you know, he's not going to conform to over there and he's not going to conform to the mainstream. Um, and the biggest thing, like what we said, was consistency. Right now, it's like, you know, we, we both have a decent amount of connections and you know i i have full faith that we if we keep putting music out if he keeps putting music out a lot of people have been definitely noticing him a lot more um you know in that time from him for me he like came out of nowhere and got a, and did a project with static then we met and then he did that um and then he, the big thing that I saw with his progression and just, you know, gaining notoriety was getting on other people's songs. And that's like the, for artists trying to do their thing, that's the perfect thing. It's, you know, you're sharpening your steel and you're also getting, you know, all right, I'm going to get their following a little bit. I'm going to get theirs. I'm going to get theirs. Yeah, it's cross-pollination. And that's what we're doing. Like we, I talk about it all the time. It's like, Yo, we get to just like make friends with awesome people and and put music out together and get money and and that's what we're doing and it's like he's been doing those and you know it's working out and it's just consistency at this point and bringing it back to the beginning even just what i asked i think bobby j out of all the freestyles that i did when i was at my time in college the one when i posted with you freestyle over black star i think that had the biggest traction of all time <laughs> i think it was because people I don't think they just could, they couldn't believe it, you know, just how crazy you went on that beat. Yeah, man. I mean, um, I guess you you know it's always like you you got to be prepared. Like you know, I I I I I still remember the the old school, not old school, but you know, I've been doing this a long time, so you know, I, I remember you know going around with like Kwame and shit, and and you know him taking me up to like Power ninety nine in Philly, and like having to get you know get on live on air with Cosmic Kev, who's like you know the Funk Flex, Flex of Philly, yeah, like the Funk Flex of Philly, and like you know there was just a lot of moments like that growing up where it was like he'd be like, yo, I don't know, like I don't, I can't promise you anything. I'm gonna go into this room and I'm they're, they're here to interview me, but I'm gonna to try to get you to rhyme and like you better have some shit in the chamber. You know what I mean? So he conditioned me to be like that. You know what I mean? It's like even even you know I get like anxiety as an artist because it's like yo I haven't I haven't written like I've been writing these songs, but like I need to like write like a 24 bar just murderous like battle rhyme for like when the situation ar arises. And I need to have something to, you know, 
have some wow factor for people in the room, like whoever's going to be listening. Cause you never like, really, you never know when that type of stuff is going to happen. And like nine times out of 10, it's like the random situations where you kind mm. of got to pounce on it, where, you know, you need to be ready. So, um, you know, I've just, I, I've just been conditioned to be like that. You know what I mean? Like be professional, be, you know, sound like you deserve to be there. Like you, like you belong in the room, you know? Mm-hmm. It's safe to say that you unload a full clip every time. The clip is unloaded. <laughs> Got him, man. Got him. But I, I learned from the best, man. Like every every rapper that I really idolize or any rapper that, you know, I respect today, they do the same thing, man. You know, like you get a, a J. Cole in a room, like he's going to he's going to show you, uh, you know, in in three minutes why he's on top. They're going to put a beat on. And again, it's another thing. Like they're going to put a beat on. He doesn't know what beat it's going to be. And he has to rap over it. And that's another thing. It's like, yo, there's no saying switching the beat. There's no saying, give me something else. It's like, what you got to be ready to go, you know? So um, the best guys, the guys that I respect, they all do that. You know, this is something they take super serious. So when I had you on the show back with Hush, I think it was either September August, I can't remember when it was, but it was last year because we were talking about what you guys were doing. The the game never got his response from Eminem. I think it, he's never going to get it again. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, I forgot we were talking about that. Yeah, remember that? He, I don't yeah. think he's ever going to receive a response. Why something, something else that was remarkable was KD3 by Nas. What was your thoughts on that album and that Nas is just yeah. dropping classics in his sleep now in the bold age of, what is he, close to 50 now almost? Right. Uh, I love... I love the, see, this is the thing. Like I love the Nas hit boy um, chemistry. I think that a lot of people, you know, the, the typical nineties Nas fan wants Nas to make Illmatic part three. You know what I'm saying? Where it's, it's, you know, Primo large professor, LES, Q-tip, you know, Pete rock. And it's like, I understand that as a fan, but you you got to evolve and you, and you got to move forward and i just feel like people are 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 blind to the fact that nas is making some of the best music of his career just with a guy that you know is 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 a, a newer age producer you know what i'm saying and i think sometimes like if you're a true fan you should be checking for his new albums and it shouldn't fall on deaf ears to the people that you know, just like, just want to hear the Illmatic stuff. You know what I mean? And um, for me, like personally, my favorite project isn't part of the King's Disease trilogy. Magic to me was the best out of all of them. I really, I really like that album. Um, And I think it's great, man. Like I think guys like Nas, um, we need them to keep putting out music because the biggest ism in rap is it's not racism it's not sexism it's ageism and it's like we need guys to, we need guys like Nas we need guys like Eminem we need guys like Black Thought we need guys like Jay-Z to be you know 50 plus years old showing that you should be getting better as you get older you shouldn't be digressing I think the the, the stereotype was always that you know inevitably you're just going to fall off and forget how to rap for some reason but I think these guys are showing that no, actually, you can actually progress and, and get better and make better music as you get older. So yeah, man, I I love those albums and I hope they keep putting more shit out. I mean, I, again, I, I would love to see 
Nas relink with the dream team from Illmatic, just like everybody else. But like I said, I understand that, you know, you can't stay the same person for 30 years. You know what I mean? Like you got to try new things. And I think he's tried some things in the past that were new that didn't work. And now he's found a formula that does work and he's kind of in his own. You know what I mean? Like the amount of albums that he's put out in this short span of time is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Neff, I want to get into your your story because like you said, you were talking about being mentored by Static and you have some history, especially mm-hmm. with the album that you just released that you mentioned. I did check out your work and I love the song that you did with Razcast. He's a legend. Yeah. Top five West Coast all-time MC in my Best. opinion. It, totally underrated. So uh, to walk me through your story, man, because you have a special story as well and not just here working with Bobby J, but you being mentored by Static and the people that you've mm. been able to work with. My story is crazy. Um, I'll try to keep it concise. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so real quick, because I'm always transparent about this. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy in recovery. I'm 14 years sober. Um, Congrats. Thank you. Um, and I just I, I say that just because it's something that's rare in hip hop. It's something that's not talked about that much in hip hop. Um, and it's something surprising in hip hop. Um, so hopefully someone needed to hear that. Um, but yeah, so like I, I grew up in a super small town, the the southernmost town of Maine. Um, I bounced back and forth from Maine and New Hampshire um, and I started doing music um you know i would say early on some people might be later um you know late teens early 20s uh, i started that's when i started doing you know djing and uh and and making beats took it a little more seriously um and i uh you know back home i was like djing every other night um and then i i just i took it serious like yo let's do this i quit my job um and I was full-time and I started looking around at like the local DJs and this and that and I was like bro I don't want I don't want that I I gotta move to New York and uh I just got that bug in me and I moved out here I didn't know a soul out here really um and I just uh I just hit the ground running I would knock I would literally go like to LES go to Williamsburg and knock on doors and like give them CD mixes and like demand to speak to a manager and go to every show I possibly could. Um, and then, you know, I linked up with static and he just, you know, real short, you know, like within a little bit of time, he took me under his wing and I just started like, I would hit him up every day and just see what he was up to. And I, and I, and I went to his studio and I would just watch him make beats. I would, you know, I started meeting his friends in circle and everything started going out he, he showed me the city. He gave me the keys to the city. And it was like, it was crazy. It was like, yo, every, you know, one night we might be in the studio. The next night we might be, you know, in the studio with two chains. Um, or we might, you know, be at a Nas show backstage. And I was just like, my mind was being blown, but I was so inspired. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of the rest is history. Like him and, and term like taught me everything I know about like being in New York, being in the game, um, you know, doing everything with static and then opening up a studio with with a uh, terminology um, and, you know, doing the engineer thing, the production thing. Um, and then, you know, being able to put out a project like Tabula Rasa was just, you know, that was super dope. Um, you know, it's it, it's a project that's special to me, but it's also like a project. With, most of those people are all my friends now. I mean, I, I moved out to New York and and 
you know, I remember the inspiration to that album was being at a Q-tip party. I think it was like me, Static, Dom Dirty, maybe Destroy, um, and and Lil Fame was there, and me and MOP. him were just yeah, MOP, and um. And we're just outside. We're like 40 stories higher or some shit like that. And the party was nuts. Um, and he just, you know, he's he, he like points on my chest and he's like, yo, what's up? What you working on, bro? And I was like, I'm working on this with this person, this with that person. He's like, I'm trying to get on something. And he's like, what are you working on? And I just said, uh, I just started an album. And that was the start of the album. You know what I mean? And um and it, it's been, you know, this move has been one of the best things I've ever done. And uh, it's really been taking me to some amazing places. So, I mean, it's it's dope. It's really dope, man. When we think about it, we look it back. There's always that one thing that introduces you into hip hop. I've said it before. Nelly's Country Grammar was my introduction to hip hop. And then I went back and did my research and learned about all the greats. What yeah. was the first time that you heard a hip hop beat? It could be to a song that you think pulled you in, Neff. Yo, to be honest, I'm, I think it was like the Napster days. Mm. And it was a mixture. Um, it was like uh, my sister had like Lauren Hill, Dre, and Eminem. And I would hear that. And then my brother had Beastie Boys because he listened to like rock music. And that was like kind of more his speed. And then... Because, you know, when I grew up, there wasn't really a lot of hip hop. And I was like, yo, what is that? And then uh, when I was like 14, I started working in kitchens. And, you know, it's I'm the youngest dude in there. And then everyone else is like in their 20s. And we're, they're just playing. Uh, they're playing hip hop shit every day. They're playing um, um, Biggie. They're playing. They were playing like all sorts of stuff. It'd be like Biggie and then like Deltron. And then be like Cage and then be like the Roots. So it was like a huge culmination. And it was just like after that, I was hooked. We could see it. And this is how your journey really took off from there. And, you know, Bobby J, because you mentioned the rock thing and Bobby J, I feel as though, would you ever dip in into a corn or a limp biscuit type of thing? What they were doing as far as maybe switching up and doing a rock beat? Because you saw what they were doing back in the 90s. Would you ever consider that? Um, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would do it like that, but, um, but I mean, if I was to, if I was to model it after anything, it'd probably be like more like rage against the machine. You know okay. Yeah. It's like rage against the machine to me was, on parade. Like, was like what those guys were like trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Like they were the original, like voice of the voice. Amarello and Zach Taylor, like they were public enemy with guitars. You know what I'm saying? Like not saying it would necessarily be political, but just like Zach De La Rocha, like he could have stood on his own as a rapper. He could have. Yeah. Like he didn't like a lot of, a, and I'm not trying to knock any of those guys, but a lot of those guys, it was kind of like, they wouldn't be able to hold their own as MCs. So they kind of had to dress it up in this other package. You know what I'm saying? Or I like how Beck did it. Like a lot of, a lot of early Beck songs, um, were produced by the Dust Brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like some of his best albums of the Dust Brothers and Dust Brothers did, you know, Paul's Boutique and like they did Young MC and they did um like Tone Loke and shit like that. They were like the West Coast uh they were Dart Adams actually called them uh the White Bomb Squad, you know what I'm saying? So like there's examples of like and and all all those groups in a way in one way shape or form 
are part of the mixture. You know what I'm saying? Like I, 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 I often think about guys like Beck um, and just other artists that were like in the Beastie Boys, of course, but other artists that were like in that alternative lane that you could tell were hip hop heads and either probably wanted to rap at some point or just were, were they, they loved hip hop. So they would mix it into what they were doing. So like sublime would be another group um, like Portishead, head, obviously, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think about, I, I think there's, there's, there's ways for me to keep it hip hop, you know, even with songs like fade away, like it's a clear, clearly inspired by Everlast and the Whitey Ford sings the blues album. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's ways to kind of like toe the line between well what what's hip hop and what's what's rock you know what I mean it's like it, at the end of the day it's about good music and and you know like Neff was saying earlier like I'm not a one dimensional guy you know I listen to everything I listen to the poppiest of the pop music I listen to the most underground of the underground hip hop shit listen to mainstream hip hop listen to classic rock grunge metal you know r&b like it uh, disco funk soul doesn't matter like there's good music and there's bad music and it's like i don't i don't limit myself to anything so um you know i try to make i try to make my songs uh a conduit where i can kind of show you know all my you know all my influences you know like and and sometimes it's more obvious than others but yeah like I'm, i don't i don't i don't want to ever put myself in a box artistically where it's like i can only do this because i'm a rapper and i'm a rapper so i have to make this type of song and mm -hmm. i think honestly like that's that's what kind of brought me and neff together because he's like that too you know what i'm saying like we have very similar sensibilities from a creative standpoint it's like why can't we do something like this like what what's telling us we can't do that you know what i mean so um his his willingness to go with me where i want to go is like a big part of like why the music sounds like it does you know what i mean mm. no you could tell especially with the new project and you never keep yourself in a box bobby j i did want to ask you this did you ever get invited up to shade four or five by dj k slay i did not no i Man. didn't get to do k slay show i've never met k slay again k slay um huge part of my childhood like you know i used to listen to his show all the time um you know, just a, a legend, man, like a, a legend on, on multiple levels, you know, not just a, not just a, a, a hip hop DJ legend, but also a graffiti legend. I mean, the guys in style wars, you know, yeah. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that came out in 1982, like, you know, so um, when he passed away, I mean, uh, a huge loss for hip hop and yeah. also, you know, a huge loss for, um for shade 45 as well. You know I mean? It's like, he's somebody who you just cannot replace. You know what I mean? Like you look at, um, you know, the, 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 the DJs up there and, you know, they've, there's been some turnover in the past year. Like some of those guys that left that building, you know, there's just no, there's nobody that could just walk into their shoes. You know what I mean? And yeah. he's one of them. How about you, Neff? Did you get a chance to meet K-Slay even though you were around Static Selecta and stuff? I think I met him on Static's show once, mm. but it wasn't like not in like a intimate situation, you know. And a lot of times, like I would I would meet artists on there, and I was like 
working the phones, doing stuff like that. So it'd be like real quick. But like what Bobby said, it's, it's a, it was a major loss. And we've had a lot of major losses in the last few years with hip hop. Um, and it, and it's sad. And especially like for someone like Case Slay, like there's so many up and coming artists through the years that have been able to catch a break by just meeting that guy. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it, it is sad. Yeah, absolutely. And Bobby J would, would definitely get that invite if you still here, I guarantee it because he was giving platforms all the, yeah, I, I hope, I hope K Slay would would fuck with my music no but he would oh, yes, uh, <laughs> you know like listen he was the thing i respected the most about him is like he wasn't political he liked what he liked if he liked you he fucked with you if he didn't yeah. he didn't he was vocal about it uh and like that's kind of what it was like he he was like a real dj man like he put a lot of people on he kept his ear to like what was going on in the street and he always knew like who the next artist was that was coming up and like was going to be big. And like there, especially in New York, there's a lot of rappers that owe that guy their career. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, rest in peace. He's a legend, man. Like always will we'll be. get more legendary than, than K Slay. No rest in peace to the drama King. What's next on the docket for you guys. We got radio days here. What's next. You got some visuals dropping. Talk to me with each of you, even if you have things going on individually, what's next up for you guys? Um, definitely working this project as much as we can, man. Like mm. there's the, the too many, too many good songs in this album um, for the world not to hear the thing in its entirety. You know what I'm saying? So more visuals, um, you know, we're still doing, you know, the promotional run, we're trying to get on some more, more radio shows. Um uh you know definitely we're going to be doing more music together like mm -hmm. this That's isn't this is the first of hopefully a series of projects you know what i mean um especially now since like we're in a in a groove now like now we, yeah. we speak each other's language like I it's think a layup it took yeah. a it took a it took a little while not a little while but like you know you kind of do a couple songs before you really get to know each other's um you know sensibilities and things like that i think now we're in a at a point where we know exactly what we want um so you know definitely more music on the way um for me uh i've been working on uh some other music uh mainly with producer named little vic um we are in the process of doing an ep um you know we probably have enough for an ep but i know that he's putting out a solo producer album that some of that stuff might go towards that some of it might go towards the project that we're doing we're kind of figuring that out now still in the early stages um yeah and it's just it's just trying to trying to trying to stay creative man i think it's a no-brainer like it's it's a no-brainer for me to step back in the studio with Neff and, and keep creating because, you know, the response to this one has been probably the most overwhelming one so far, you know, mm -hmm. Neff, anything else you want to add to that? I mean, definitely piggyback off what he said. There's more to come for sure. Um, with us. And I'm like, I'm listening to him. I'm like, what am I working on? And then I was like, damn, I got like, I think I have, I think I have five albums I'm working on right now. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm working on five albums and that's like one of them is another um, producer project with, you know, various artists. And then the other four 
are like me, like kind of what me and Poppy just did, where it's like me and one other artist and then get some features. Um, it's just like, you know, right now I kind of mentally wanted to, you know, and naturally just wanted to take a step back and really focus on this. Um, I didn't want to like, you know, not give it my all or anything. So those are there. They're just kind of set stagnant. And lately I've just been all about energy. So it's like, I, I don't want to like chase somebody. Yo, we got to get this done, blah, blah, blah. When it's towards the end, we got to mix it, whatnot. That, yeah, that's cool. But like chasing features and all this kind of stuff is like, I'd rather happen like have it happen naturally i feel like it's going to sound better that way and when time comes it's good and then i have like i have those five i mentioned but then there's like two albums that are actually with really dope artists that i produced for a label for like an indie label and i'm honestly i'm waiting to hear back from them so yeah definitely a lot more in the chamber right now oh you could tell just from both of you guys and for Bobby J, who are some names? And I feel as though you're probably on the same energy as Neff here, but what are some names that you would love to just happen eventually that you want to work with as far as, because you got the Detroit connection with Hush. So can we bring up Isham? I'd love to see you do a record with Isham. That would be fire. Who are yeah. some names that have been in your in your head recently that oh, you're man. like, man, I'd love to do a track with? I mean, just you put uh, Detroit in my mind. Like they, there's so many incredible rappers out there, but like, like uh Elzai for <laughs> sure like Elzai is a guy that I would love to was, yeah. with. you know obviously Royce like Royce is out of here so you know um of course Eminem <laughs> oh yeah like that's like you know it's no like, brainer that's like you know pipe dream shit like nah, it could I, happen know, um it will know, happen I'll manifest me, it for you yeah we gotta make that happen uh you know uh black thought like black thought is black thought my favorite of all yeah. time um you know even i just mentioned little vic before like i'm excited for people to hear this stuff with me and him going back and forth because i think pound for pound he's one of the best rappers i've ever heard and he makes he elevates me when i'm in the studio with him um who else who else uh you know on a on a producer side you know i'd love to work with premier um Love to work with Pete Rock, large professor, um, Mark the 45 King. If you're out there, like I would love to work with 45 King. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Um, yeah, um, bucket list Rick Rubin, you know, would be one of my would it be a bucket list. Pharrell would be bucket list for me. Um, and then I'm trying I'm trying to think like who I really like now, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of just dudes I respect, like just for their bar work. Like I'd love to do something with, you know, like Ransom or like RJ Payne or, um, you know, like a Rome streets or, or, uh, you know, even like a, a Millie's or like a Marlon craft or like one of those guys, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm down to work with anybody, man. Like, like Neff said, um, I'm not really at a point now where I'm so much chasing the collaborations as much as I'm trying to make genuine, real human connections and relationships and have it come from an organic place. I feel like that's the best way collaborations happen. Like when you meet somebody and, and, and you get to sit with them and, and you realize that, you know, you're, you're, you got a lot of stuff in common. That's, that's where I think the best music comes from. So, 
you know, and th- and again, there's just a lot of people that I've been working with just, you know, over the, over the years that I've gotten real close with, like, like little D and the truth and, and Frank B and guys like that, you know, we're all kind of from the same inner circle and, you know, we're all rooting for each other as well. Joey Bags is another rapper. I love working with uh, Michael Fire, who's on the yeah. album. Um, you know, I think those guys are all incredible. Wise too. P. Wise P. Mm. Yeah. FT, you know, shout out to him. You know, we've been friends for a long time. So, um, yeah, man, like, you know, it, it's it's got to happen in, a, in an organic way. Yeah. I'd love to see you do something eventually with Pusha T because to me, yeah. I think. I'm, I'm forgetting. Listen, man, like. I, yeah, I, I know. I stuff like this all the time, and then like when I'm on the spot and I got to think about like who I really want to work with, I always forget names. <laughs> it's like don't don't take that. Yeah, no, no. Stuff. But push a T, in my opinion, because we, we saw that he, he got the Grammy snub. You know, at least Kendrick got it. It's a great representation for hip hop. But when I, when I look at Pusha T, he is that bars guy. When we look at that so murderous fire. MC, because he he murdered Drake, and we saw him. He murdered the biggest pop star in the world right now. We saw what he did. In my opinion, Pusha T is probably up there as far as like that bars to go to guy. When we look at it from the mainstream level, he kind of crossed and, over and into he, that lane from a bar and level. Hip hop too. Yeah. yeah. Like like again, we're talking about traditional. Like he's an artist that's a mainstream artist. Perfect example. I don't, I don't think yeah. I don't think young kids. I don't think it registers because. You know, he drops a song that Kanye produces with a Donny Hathaway sample. And it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't call that 90s. They don't call that old school. But it's the same energy that we're coming with. You know what I mean? And like, or a song like Diet Coke that 88 Keys produced. That's a boom bap rap song. Yeah, that's with the Fat Joe sample in it too, right? Right, right. So, you know it's there there's there's ways to do it and there's ways to go about it i think he's like one of the perfect examples you know what i'm yeah. saying nobody he's he's in the here and now but he's from that era that we grew up in and he's making hip hop that's reminiscent of that time mixed with the new shit yeah but you know he could still sneak in that stuff so it's like that's kind of what i'm talking about like there's ways to do it there's ways to go about it there is yeah that's a fact yeah. Guys, let them know where they can follow you on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere, all the platforms that you want to plug in. Let them know. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Bobby J from Rockaway, Twitter at Bobby J Rockaway. Um, every streaming platform, search Bobby J from Rockaway. You'll find me uh, YouTube.com slash Bobby J. Pretty simple. Mm. Uh, mine is just produced by Neff, fully, you know, produced the full word by Neff, N-E-F everywhere just keep it simple you guys got it thank you guys for coming on the show here tonight you always have a platform here you always have a seat here appreciate on the you show. man thank, thank you guys you, and, and, and just keeping that authenticity going for hip-hop and just being your authentic selves because this project it shows thank you man Radio Days. Thank you. thanks for having us on man of course oh, man yeah. and my fault i wasn't able to make it out to the listening party i i have a lot going on in my personal life right now so all you know, good that, that's on me no so worries next time you know if you, if you want me there i'll be there yeah for sure bro thank you Appreciate you already that. know man so take it easy enjoy the rest of your night and stay safe guys all right you too man salute. Thanks. Yep. salute